Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 408, we are live in Fort Myers, Lee County, Florida, the home of 2024 Twins Spring Training. We visited with so many Minnesotans today here at the park and also at the beach. This morning I went out to a state park checking out, uh, Oh, I mean, the beaches here are beautiful. I was hoping to get a little glimpse at a manatee. Have you ever seen a manatee, Dan Cook? I mean, I've seen pictures and video, but I don't know that I've seen one live and in person, no. Right, right. So I was, uh, I don't know, I thought that'd be pretty cool, right? Sure. Rent a kayak and go, except I was looking at how much time I had. Yeah. Before we had to get back here to the ballpark. Not enough time for small, me to be issue. renting a kayak yeah. and explore. I may go back out to Lover's Key Beach, but I ran into Kevin and Deb uh, Donnelly from St. Paul. And Kevin... Uh, told me he was a legendary ticket taker at the State Fair. Okay. So we probably passed through that front gate. I probably had Kevin take my ticket before. Most likely. I was not a jerk to him, at least, if that <laughs> happened, because he was telling me about some other media people who maybe oh. weren't so friendly. A conversation not for the radio, that is for sure. Uh, we have lots of baseball still to come over the next uh, two hours. So we'll uh, share with you a conversation we had with Rocco Baldelli. So that'll be coming up in just about 20 minutes. Good stuff uh, with Rocco. And so uh, keep it here for all the Twins uh, preseason action. And we'll have a game live here on CCO on Friday. On Friday. And then, of course, next week, uh, the morning news with Vanita Sakar will be down here. Vanita and Jimmy will be down. All I week. thought she was just going to cancel her trip. No, we've no. done such stellar work. Well, she's well, decided just to forget. it. That's completely inarguable. Of course, <laughs> we've done stellar work. Uh, but no, the morning show will be down here all week. So if you're used to driving home and hearing the dulcet tones of baseball uh, talk from here on WCCO yeah. Radio, you'll be able to do it on the drive into work next week. And we obviously want to thank everybody from the Twins and Fort Myers and Lee County and the folks over at Margaritaville have just been fantastic to us. It's been a wonderful, wonderful trip. Very good. Very good. I want to talk about the modern concept of Mr. Mom. There was a time where we had this idea that a stay-at-home dad was sort of weird. It was a weird situation. But more and more men are choosing to stay at home with their kids. And I... I want to know if you regret that you didn't stay home with your kids. That's sort of what I was thinking about today. Working in a profession where, you know, the family is expected to sacrifice a little bit. You see it here at the ballpark, right? These players are now they're being handsomely compensated and they're going to spend you know, a hundred days on the road away from their family. That's a significant time of the year away. And many of you are in that same situation. Maybe you're in a job that requires you to travel. 
Maybe you work weird hours. And your family sort of pays the price. It's less time that you guys get together. The number of men who are staying home, and if, you, if you're one of these men, I would love for you to call and talk about it at 651-461-9226. Because being honest, if I meet someone, I'm like, oh, what do you do? And if a man says, I stay home with the kids, be honest. Don't you instantly have a bit of a reaction to it? And maybe your reaction is, I'm jealous. I wish I had done that with my kids. But I, I don't know that the stigma is, is gone. I think that the traditional gender roles that we've had in this country for, for so long are still largely here. We talk a lot about changing definitions, changing roles, different responsibilities. But the reality is, if someone's going to stay home, usually it's going to be the woman. And I think back to my early days with Alyssa. I was a TV reporter in Davenport, Iowa. I can, I can visualize exactly where we were when we had this conversation. I was making $18,000 a year. She was working for John Deere as a financial uh, analyst doing, like, treasury. She was doing, like... She would do some sort of, I don't fully understand it, some sort of trade. Stuff that's a lot smarter than you're capable of doing is what you're basically Correct. Saying. Yeah. She was basically raising the cash for the company to pay their bills every day. So she would go out and sell what was called a commercial paper, and she would sell it like a short-term kind of thing, I guess, and get some cash. It's a very and technical process. But then yeah. they'd pay the bills. So she had the she was talking about possibly taking a job where where she would be transferred to Luxembourg. Right. And when we first talked about it, I said you should you should go for it. You studied French and international business and finance and here's a chance for all of it to come together. Let's go. I'm like I could get a job as a candy maker or something i don't know what is there's what not you, what else do you do in luxembourg i, I, I don't know. i don't know um and i meant it and i said you should go for it and i'll i'll stay home and support you and the next day i said i don't think i can go to luxembourg <laughs> i just don't think i could and is that is that the expectations that you put upon yourself and society puts upon you as the man, as the husband, that you're supposed to be the provider? Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. Charlie, we have somebody on the CCO talk and text line. Is that right? Uh, let's who. Oh, our, our guest. Our guest is here. All right. Well, let's talk to a guy who's going to retire. We'll, we'll revisit this conversation, but John Anderson, the head coach of the University of Minnesota, Gophers basketball team, is with us on the a baseball team. I transferred your sport there for a second, John. It's great to talk to you. Thanks for being with us. My pleasure, Jason. Thanks for having me, and no problem on that. The ball's a little different size than those two sports, but <laughs> it's, it's there's, there's, to score points and score runs to win, so yeah, there's some I mean, similarities. Really. 
There's a lot of athleticism at play. Yes, yeah, yes, some absolutely. similarities for sure. John Anderson is going to be down here in Fort Myers with the Twins as the Gophers play the Twins on Friday night here on CCO. John, this obviously a special uh, trip for you uh, with this being your final season with the Gophers. Yeah, no question about it. I think it's special, number one, because we've had such a wonderful relationship for many, many years with the Twins organization way back to when Dick Siebert was the coach here and the Griffith family owned the team and and then through the Polad family and uh, Dave St. Peter's involvement as the president. And through the many, many years, our two organizations have really partnered together to try to foster and grow the game in our state. And they've been extremely helpful to our program here at the University of Minnesota. And so it's really an opportunity, I think, to celebrate that special relationship in baseball and the things we try to do together. And at the same time, I'll be able to play this great game and and uh in the uh you know in fort myers and in their spring training complex there um so it's it's exciting um, for many for many reasons and it's my last run around the bases uh but more importantly i'm trying to stay focused on trying to help our team have a uh, have a solid year so uh that's the number one focus John Anderson, the head coach of the University of Minnesota baseball team, is with us. You you talk about that connection, and you look at the number of former Gopher baseball players who made it and ended up as a part of the Minnesota Twins. I mean, Glenn Perkins, of course. Uh, boy, you think back, Cole DeVries. Uh, who, who else do you think about as, as uh, uh, players? Paul that Paul Molitor. Played Paul Molitor, of course. That's right. Yes, Dave Winfield uh, played in the organization as well. Brent Gates uh, played in the organization that was a member of our team. Uh, Brian Robbie, I mean, there's 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 a, a large number of guys that have played in that organization. And I tell young people all the time in the recruiting process, you can come to the University of Minnesota, get a great degree, prepare yourself for life after baseball, but you could end up playing college baseball, or you could play major league baseball in this community, and and, and or you can get a job and, and, and work in this community. So it's a unique place. And I've seen players do all those things that have come through this program and taken advantage of the opportunities here in the Twin Cities. John, why did you decide that this season was going to be your last? Well, number one, uh, you know, this fall, September would be my 50th year on campus. I'm going to be 69 in May. You know, it's my 43rd year as the head coach. I've been connected here and been coming to the campus into this you know same place for almost 50 years and so you know it's it's time it's it's time for me i want to do some other things with my wife jan and she and our daughter erin and reconnect with some friends and family and travel and do some things and you know i said all the time i say all the time if you knew how long you're going to live and how long your health was going to be good it'd probably be easier to make some of these decisions but <laughs> right. yeah. you know it's just time i've you know it's time and and i i, I want to spend uh, the rest of my you know, adult life here, doing some other things. And uh, there's never the right time. The decision always affects somebody, whether it's current players in the roster, recruits, coaching staff, whatever it might be. It's, you know, that's the hardest part. When's the right time? I don't think there's a right time that's not going to impact somebody, but uh, I think it's the right time for me and my family. And I've had a tremendous run here. It's been an honor uh, to lead this program for as long as I have and be connected for my entire adult life to the University of Minnesota honor and a privilege and i'm grateful for all the wonderful relationships i've been able to create and share through my lifetime here and uh but it's uh, it's time for the next part of the journey when you look at how college baseball has changed over the years certainly professional at the professional level we've seen more 
uh, uh, more Latin American players making it to the major leagues, maybe a little bit of a decline in interest in baseball among uh, uh, people who are living in the United States, young people living in the United States. Ha- has the game or the quality of the recruit or how, how, have, how have things changed over the last 10 years uh, here at the University of Minnesota? Well, I think, number one, I, I think the players uh, continue. I think the players you continue to recruit out of high school. I think the the, you know, the the work that's being done on the development side and some of the travel baseball sides and some of these uh, year-round training facilities, I think the quality of coaching that some kids are getting at younger ages is better than it was 10 or 15 years ago. I think there's more uh, tools today to help develop young people properly from a video and analytics standpoint. Uh, I think there's more research and science that's been developed in terms of developing the throwing arm, the pitching arm, uh, hitting mechanics, and lots of different things have been introduced from a technical standpoint, I think, to assist with the player development piece. And I think uh, that has uh, impacted the talent level of kids coming out of high school, probably a little more prepared than they used to be. I think the downside of it is I think kids sometimes because it's a year-round cycle now probably play too much and the throwing arm wasn't made to play 12 months out of the year. Hmm. So I think we have to be careful how we do that with the opportunities that we have today. So, Especially with the velocity that, that these kids are, are throwing the ball. You worry about that, right? Throwing the ball yeah. with well, that there's, strength. There's more pitching injuries, there's more pitching injuries today uh, in yeah. our game, the college game, the pro game, never. I think what's happening the weighted ball programs, the band programs, the advancement in, in developing pitchers. I think young people chase velocity probably at too young of an age, hmm. especially with the weighted ball programs before their bodies are fully developed. The tendons, muscles, the physical development is still going on in their bodies, in their arms, and uh, I think that can lead to some problems later on down the road in their career. I just read an article. I think there's 35% of the pitchers pitching in the big leagues have had Tommy John surgery. Yeah. So um, it's we crazy. had two freshmen Some at had two. surgery last year. You had two freshmen with it. Wow. Last year, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's more common. We have a player right now that's probably going to be one of our better uh, uh, pitchers out of the bullpen is probably headed down that road uh, this year. So um, it, you see more of that. And I think that's the challenge in recruiting pitching today is who's going to make it, you know? Right. Who's going to make it through a four-year career and not end up having to have surgery? So having that's surgery. the challenge. Yeah. It's a cross college baseball. It's it's a problem across college baseball. You talk to other coaches, you see it everywhere, and uh, I think it has to do with the development piece that's going on at young ages. And I think we have to pay attention to how that's being done, so we can maybe uh, help uh, decrease the injury rate. But uh, the velocity piece is everybody wants to throw hard, and if you want to get drafted, you got to throw hard, and everybody's chasing that. I think the we have to be careful when we introduce some of those things and how we do them and how much they throw. John Anderson and his Gopher baseball team will be down here in Fort Myers Friday playing against the Twins. Are you scouting, you know, are you game planning against uh, the Twins starter? Rocco did announce who was going to start. Very rare for Rocco to give that up. I know he was very worried that you guys were going to really go full-on uh, scouting against, I think it's Chris Paddock who's, who's going to be starting. I didn't hear that, so you gave me the first tip. Um, I think our goal would be to, number one, get ready to play, have some fun, 
and uh, see if we can't execute some of the fundamentals of the game in a, in a, in a good way here and, and have an entertaining, fun baseball game. Obviously, we're going to face a very talented team and roster. I think the idea here is, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's uh, celebrate our partnership and let's celebrate the opportunity to put the uniforms on and play the game. Uh, you know, the University of Minnesota and the Minnesota Twins, and, and uh, let's have some fun with that. And what a thrill! What a thrill for the kids, though, for your team, right, to be able to play against some of some of the biggest names. Yeah, you know, well, I, I wouldn't expect we're going to see all of the frontline twins out here Friday night, well, but we'll see some. Whoever they put out there, they're going to be really good. Yes, put out right, there, you know exactly. That, about one percent of the population that plays the game actually gets a chance <laughs> to even play professional baseball. So, yeah, you're talking about some really talented players at all levels of the organization. So, whoever they put out there is going to be really, really good. And I think the fun part for our kids, we have a lot of Minnesota kids on our team, and they they're Twins fans, and they follow their team very closely, and they cheer for them. And I think the opportunity to share the field yeah. with uh, some of the players that, uh, that 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 they follow and and, and cheer for is is really a, makes it a fun evening. Well, congratulations on an amazing career, and I know you're not done yet. One more season uh, to go, but John Anderson, we appreciate your time, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be cheering for you Friday night right here on CCO Radio. We'll have the game live, so thanks, John. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. John Anderson, a great guy. What a run. What a run. 50 years at the U, just about, and coaching for 40 Three. It's, just, it's remarkable when you think of, of Gopher baseball and the legends, you know, obviously of Dick Siebert he mentioned, but I mean, John Anderson's going to be right up there and thought of that way, you know, 50 years from now, they're going to be looking at back and talking about what a great influence he was on that program and all the yeah. legendary players that came through, uh, both big leaguers and just college, great college baseball players. He's been, you know, a stalwart at the University of Minnesota, and it's been a blessing for that university to have him. And it's going to be great to have them down here, you know, at Fort Myers on Friday night, taking on, uh, taking on the uh, twins it, it was almost funny he almost sounded to me i don't know if you caught this like he didn't want to know when you told that the medic was <laughs> like we had let, let out some secret right right uh, rocco did say today that the writers could could talk about the fact that paddock was going to be starting that's Friday right night, so that's right all right i didn't blow any no you were good you i were just good. i'm just trying to make news here dan that's well, what I do. apparently that's, that's all we I do, do on this show yeah. uh for hey rob bradford here i have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what i have known for some time baseball isn't boring now i have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show players managers gms and yes even the commissioner of baseball rob manfred it has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices so join the revolution subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring listen on your odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast you'll be glad you did 26, we'll take a break and be right back on CCO. Well, we got a little goofy there. Inside show information. We were expecting John right at 4.08. But, you know, like sometimes stuff happens. So when he called, we went to it. So we talked a little bit about changing roles, more men staying home. Uh, the Mr. Mom of today is not the Mr. Mom of years ago. Uh, some great texts came in with some insight, but the Census Bureau, uh, along with Pew Research, published a report over the summer showing that one. when you look at all of the American parents who do not work for pay, so that's sort of how they categorize it, one in five are fathers. So from 1989 to 
2021, which is the last time they've kind of did this survey, that's a 64% increase. Pretty amazing. Uh, You know, part of it is more women are working, so you have a higher percentage when you look at, you know, that's sort of a statistical thing. But still, one in five of the stay-at-home parent is a dad. And I think it's great. I think it's great. Because sometimes you look at your partnership and you say, well, you know what? Like, especially with the cost of daycare, it doesn't make sense to have both parents working out of the home. And what what I ask myself is would I have the guts to do it, to stay home? And I think the evidence is rather clear that no. <laughs> When I look at when I look at what happened when when my wife was now, if she really this was a discussion, if she really were offered a position overseas now today, if she were offered a job overseas and wanted to go no brainer, I would absolutely stay home and support her. In fact, I would love for her (laughs) to get (laughs) I would love to stay home. That would be amazing for me. Jason DeRusha, live from Luxembourg, right here on WCCO Radio. I think, you know, you, you talk about more women working, and I think that's part of it. Uh, more women working in higher-paying jobs yep. is also part of it. Now, the wage gap is real, and it's still something that's horrible and needs to be addressed. Uh, but there has been some progress in that, in, that, in that realm. And so, yeah, if you have a spouse, one of the two spouses that's able to make you know, a significant more amount of money, then the other spouse can stay home, whether that's the man or the woman, whatever it is. If you have that ability and have and that fits your personality and your family and your way of living, then by all means. Well, of course you should. But the reality is gender roles are what they are. We're, we're reinventing everything. We're, things are changing. I understand that. But not that much is changing. For the vast majority of people, the traditional gender role is still a weight dragging, either dragging you down or it's an homage to tradition that you like to honor. You can look at it either way. You can. But it is still, I think, more of a driver than any of us want to admit. Because we think, like, independently, we can do what's best for us. We can run the analysis. But the reality is, I think a lot of people out there would have the same reaction I did, where it was like, when push comes to shove, can I... You say yes, because that's the... Because, of course, you you want to be that person. But... It's hard. It is. It's hard. It is. Uh, keep the text coming. 651-461-9226. As we hear the sound of the roller going over the infield, smoothing out that beautiful infield dirt here in Fort Myers, the irrigation watering this pristinely green grass, we are going to visit with Rocco Baldelli. The manager for the Minnesota Twins, Rocco, coming up next, live from Spring Trading here on CCO. Beautiful day here in Fort Myers, Florida. We are live at Hammond Stadium, part of the Lee County, Lee Health Sports Complex here in Fort Myers. Uh, The first spring training game Friday against the Golden Gophers baseball team right here in Fort Myers at 5 o'clock, and we'll have it live for you on the home of the Twins, News Talk 830 WCCO. 
We got a chance to spend a little bit of time this week with Rocco Baldelli. He is, uh, I find him to be a fascinating guy, very engaging, very interesting. He and I share love for food. He uh, lived in the North Loop for a while. Big Bar La Grassa guy, uh, which we love. <laughs> you know, his story is amazing. He uh, was a player, had an incredible, uh, really an incredible career, but then was injured and went into, went into the managerial side. We sat down and talked about his thoughts as we look ahead towards this twin season. Those guys ask real baseball questions. Yeah, we don't talk know. about baseball that's, here. <laughs> we're just talking about food. That's right. what that's what I like to talk about with you. Uh, how's it feel to be down here in Florida? Oh, this is it's an energizing time for us. It's uh, something we all wait for. Our guys, not just our players, but our staff, and everyone else in the organization. We kind of we work to get down here, be prepared, and then we can hit the field running and, and ready to go. It's nice out. Finally, yesterday it wasn't too nice out, but <laughs> yeah. uh, today we were able to get out there and have a nice day on the field, and all of our players look, they basically all look pretty phenomenal, so I, I've been pleased with what I've seen from them. It is amazing what the baseball player of today looks like, physical condition. There is no real off season for these guys. No, there's, there's not, and that's the competitive nature of uh, – Sports, I think everywhere you look, has kind of become that. Um, no, when, when you walk up on these guys and you see them, you have a, re, a real respect for uh, the time they put in, uh, what their bodies look like. I mean, you know, there are some guys that are, you know, somewhat somewhat normal-looking guys. But I'll tell you what, a lot of these guys are not. They're, they're, no. they're, they're big, strong guys that take care of themselves very, very well, and uh, they're dedicated, and, and you see the dedication in, in what you get uh, as a final product. Just standing next to Carlos or Pablo Lopez, you feel like you guys are machines. I mean, they they, they right? are machines. That's, yeah. what, that's the way we kind of talk about it and look at it. You know, we, we demand a lot of our guys. I tell our guys that in the first meeting. Uh, and that doesn't just mean during the season. That doesn't just mean when the game's going on. That means uh, all the time, and, and they give it to us. They give us a lot. Rocco Baldelli with us. We were talking to Pablo today about just the mindset in the clubhouse, uh, that things are different after having a taste of success last year, but only a taste. Uh, he, he was impressed with how hungry uh, the team is. Are you feeling that vibe too? Yeah. The, our, our guys, there's very little satisfaction, like deep satisfaction um, with the way the season ended last year. Uh, uh, they're they're nothing but hungry, and our guys are here for the long haul. They're here to win a championship and bring a championship back to Min- Minnesota. Uh, that's the only thing our guys are are focused on and, and think about. So uh, we have a lot of good leaders in our clubhouse. When you look around, um, there's a number of guys that we look to. They set the tone every day, and the the tone comes back to uh, winning and and doing nothing but succeeding. We, we were talking a little bit today about about that leadership aspect, about the next generation. I asked Royce Lewis if he if he felt like he was uh, taking more of a leadership role, and he laughed and said he still uh, feels like a rookie around there because he's so young. I, I don't think it's false humbleness with Royce. I think it's real. 
but also he is a leader on this team. Yeah, Royce goes out there and leads by example, and there's a lot of different types of leaders. Carlos is a a very good voice in our clubhouse. Um, Pablo kind of does both. He's a little bit soft-spoken in some ways, but a a fiery competitor and and the heart 10 out of 10, you know, work ethic and and character and leader. So, um, you know, as a a young player, I can see why Royce would say that, but he's going to go out there and let his work and, and let his play do his talking for him, and he's got the smile and He's got the charisma to go along uh, with all of that. And, uh, you know, no matter who they are, I just want them to be relaxed and comfortable and be themselves. You never try to be someone that you're not. You never try to step into a role that you're not comfortable in. Just go out there, and uh, when, you're, when you're relaxed, and, and uh, that's when you're going to play your best. That's, that's when you're going to get the best out of all these guys. Uh, fans have been, you know, there, there's the usual uh, teeth gnashing over payroll and pitching and all, all of those things. I want to ask you a couple questions about pitching because your bullpen this year seems pretty stacked. I mean, you never know. You never have enough pitching. Uh, give me your thoughts on where the bullpen is with some of the moves that have happened over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I think we have uh, weapons, and we've been kind of rounding out our bullpen. Our, our top four guys in our bullpen with Duran and Brock Stewart and Griffin Jackson and Caleb Thielbar, those guys are returning. Those guys have done a real nice job for us now for a little while. They're very reliable. Uh, they do good work. But uh, Okert, um, you know, bringing him in, uh, he misses a lot of bats from the left side. We haven't had very many left-handed weapons um, in our bullpen, and he's a guy that I think we can lean on. Justin Topa uh, was in the trade with Seattle, a guy that we brought over. Um, he comes from a little bit of a funny angle. Uh, he's, he was excellent last year, and he was very durable last year. He's, he's a guy we're going to rely on. That's, that's already you know six names. Jay Jackson we signed to a deal. Uh, Stomont we brought in and signed to a deal. Thunder Burke. Uh, did a real nice job for us last year. Alcala, Cole Sands. We have a number of guys we can go to. It's a very deep group right now. It's baseball, so there are injuries. People will get hurt, for sure. Things happen. Yeah, Yeah, some guys pitch to their uh, potential. Some don't, but we have a lot of guys we can turn to, and we have some high-end, high-octane arms to lean on. Starting, we... You're still not locked in on who your five are going to be? Well, it's, those aren't things that I generally will uh, go out of my way to announce this part in the year, this part of the year. Pablo's going to pitch the first game of the year. How's that? We can, I can give you that right now. Uh, he'll be out there opening day uh, as our starter. We're going to line the rest of the guys up, though, as the spring goes. Um, but Which uh, he definitely, Pablo definitely takes that uh, starting assignment as, uh, I don't know, he, he appreciates the honor, I think. Oh, I, I think he does, and... Uh, last year, um, you know, we had Sonny here. We had Joe Ryan, who started opening day the year before. Yeah. Uh, so, the, the, you know, it's a discussion. It's something that the players do take a lot of pride in. So I think that it will mean a lot for Pablo to know that, to know it early on. Uh, I think it's probably obvious to everyone that that was going to be the case, but he's our guy. Uh, biggest thing that you're watching for this week, what is, or, or this camp, I should say. Yeah, because this week it would just be everyone just stay on the field. <laughs> Nobody just, get hurt. That's, let's let's get our let's get good work in and take care of your bodies and uh, and let's go. Um, as far as the rest of it, uh, I think getting Buxton out there, getting him in center field, uh, reasonably early in camp, and seeing how uh, uh, that all goes. That's where my eyes are going to be. That's where everyone's eyes are going to be. Such a difference maker. He's a star. Uh, and, and to be able to get him out there is good. He's had a great first couple days. He's flying around the field. He's moving great. First swing of the spring, uh, live at bat, he drills one off the fence. He looks real good. The hitting, 
Finally, less concern as far as like just getting reps in there out in center field, right? Tracking a fly ball, seeing a weird grounder, that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's not about um, getting out there on one day. It's about day after day in our game. It's not about we don't build up for one game uh, and you go out and play that game. It's about showing up every single day in the body, being able to withstand that. So uh, that's probably the main focus. But he's going to be a guy that everyone is watching. Carlos also being healthy uh, coming into this year and, and you know finally being able to move around like he normally does uh, will be key. He grinded through it. He played a lot last year, but very rarely was he actually feeling good while he was doing it. I know for the players, Rocco, this is a bonding experience as much as it is the meetings and the workouts and all of that. This time they get to spend together. For you, would you rather be home? Is this fun for you at all? Spring training is always fun because you're bringing new people, a new team together. We have new players this year. We're not trying to rebuild last year's team. We're trying to build a new team and a better team. So that's the fun part of the spring uh, for me. You know, being out here in the sun, that doesn't, that's not too bad either. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. No. It doesn't hurt. No. Yes, very good. Well, we're excited for another great season. Last, last year was such a fun ride. And your players, as we watch them grow as leaders and members of the community and certainly on the field, uh, it's a good group. It just feels like a good group of, of people. Yeah, we got stars on the field, we got great personalities, and we have some stars off the field as well uh, who do it right. So I hope, uh, I hope everyone enjoys watching them as much as I do because I like watching these guys every day when I show up. Cool. Yep. Rocco, thank you. Thanks, Jason. Awesome. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.